fucking bitch ass bitch. Please play some good music. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I'm your host, Kay Edwards, and I'm here at 100 Bogart Street in Brooklyn, New York. I'd like to just say good morning and welcome everyone to the show. Uh, There's a lot of things I want to talk about today, but let me get the housekeeping out the way. You know that Radio Free Brooklyn is a nonprofit radio station, and we're having our fundraising drive because we're going to turn five years old in May. We're trying to raise $25,000 so that we can continue to bring you commercial-free, independent radio for another five years. And we're all, all our proceeds, all the money that we get, it goes to the radio. But everything that's, all the money that we generate comes from you listeners because we don't have any, we do get sponsors from time to time, but it's not like we play commercials. So everything here is commercial-free. 
And everything that we play here is dependent upon you as the listeners. We have quizzes that's going on this month that you can win T-shirts and all kinds of good stuff. So go to our um, RadioFreeBrooklyn.com um, webpage. I don't know. what's the, I got brain fog this morning. Our webpage, and you can see all the information there on our donate. Or if you want to donate to my show, you could go to my page on my show, and it has a donate button there. Either way, we can use your money. If you love what you're hearing here on the radio, we appreciate what it is that you're, um, you know, if you, we appreciate whatever it is that you donate. So let's get right into the show. And I probably am so, I'm not really flustered, so I won't say the word flustered because I'm not flustered. It's, I'm, I guess I'm just, with everything going on, I guess my, my spirit is in tune with the atmosphere and the atmosphere has a lot going on. And that's what I'm actually feeling at this moment. Because the atmosphere has so much going on, my spirit is feeling it. So I want to just talk about something that happened, the things that have been happening throughout the entire week, because this has been a really, really filled week of just different things happening on a daily basis. So I just want to take it back to Friday. Friday, we had a disruption in New York City with the train system. And it was a protest. And I wasn't really quite sure what the protest was about. I mean, I I saw the disruption because it was on the news. And then they also had another one um, in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn as well. But I really didn't understand why they were protesting. So I, I went and I was pulling up articles on the Internet from the newspapers to find out exactly why the protesters were in the street, you know, causing disruption and trying to stop the train system, trying to stop mass transit from flowing. And from what I understood, it was... In Newsday, this is where I got this part of the article from. It was from Newsday that the protesters wanted MTA to provide rides for free. And they didn't want any more cops in the subway. Now, I know they had this, that New York City has put a number of more cops into the transit system because of everything that has been going on underground. There have been people that have been tossed into the train tracks people who have been stabbed, you know, cut up. One I saw in a video, a girl was actually, this guy tried to lift her up off the train and carry her off the train with him. It's been a lot of stuff going on underground. But this stemmed from a couple of months back in the J Street Borough Hall train station, there was an altercation between cops and some students in school. I guess the kids were being rambunctious as Students and teenagers will be, but I guess maybe it got a little too out of hand. So the cops came in and, of course, they used physical force to stop the kids from doing whatever they were doing. So from what I'm understanding is because of what happened all those months ago, they had this protest. And because now there are more cops in the system, they don't feel that there should be more cops in the system. So a quote from what they said was, They have all these curse words for the cops. They just do not like cops. They said cops should be out of the schools, out of the subways, and transit is a right. 
that we should all be able to ride for free? Um, I don't know. I don't have, I'm not going to weigh in on that either way. I have my own opinions, of course, but I guess until I really understand everything that they're protesting about, I can't really say. I'm just going on bits and pieces of what I gathered over the weekend. But I know that they were, one thing I, I that kind of hurt my heart, that when people protest, that doesn't mean that you have to deface property. I'm all for people protesting and saying what you need to say and getting your message out there. But when you start defacing public property, that's when I get kind of like, I don't know if I can really go along with this because now it's turning into vandalism. And if you're protesting that you don't want any more cops in the train stations, but you're vandalizing train station property, that's going to bring police. So I don't understand the way to, I don't understand how you want to get rid of one, but yet you're doing things that's going to make them want to have more cops in the system. Uh, that's why I have, I guess I have to find out more of what's going on with this. Or if somebody that's listening to me right now, you were a protester or you understand what's going on, give me a call, 718-928-9732 and clarify it for me because I totally don't understand it. Moving on from that, we have the, impre- the impeachment proceedings that's going on. Now, this is definitely a history lesson in the making. And all I have to say about that is, for all of you who don't know American history or know the government or know the Constitution, get your hands on a copy, read up and find out what each branch is responsible for, what they should be doing and how they should be doing it so that you'll have a clear understanding of what you're watching on television. So then you can make a clear decision of whether you agree or disagree. That's what I have to say about that. You need to know what government is supposed to be doing and what each branch is responsible for in order to make a fair assessment of what's happening. And, oh, and on top of that, too, Just remember that to impeach, it doesn't mean ultimately when you impeach a president, yes, you're trying to remove him from office. But when you when they go through the whole proceedings of this impeachment of what they're doing, that's just to go through another step before he gets removed from office. So that's why you need to find out what all the branches do, what they're responsible for so that you can understand everything that's happening, that they keep cutting in on all your favorite shows on TV that you can't watch because they want you to see this. <laughs> That's just my little sidebar tidbit. The last thing I want to talk about is that's big. Uh, that's been a big thing going on in the news is this health issue with this coronavirus. All I have to say about that is it looks like the flu. It sounds like the flu, but it's not the flu. So if you get any type of fever, any type of persistent cough, make sure you go to the doctor and check yourself out. We haven't had any cases in New York City yet that they found, but just be careful. Make sure you're washing your hands constantly. And if you can't get to soap and water, they say use an alcohol-based hand sanitizer. Whatever you do, people, keep yourself safe, keep yourself covered. So now that I've gotten all that current events out the way, I told you this was a very busy week. We could get on to the topic at hand. Now, the topic that I want to discuss 
also has to do with what occurred just last week, last Sunday. It has to do with that, you know, horrific plane, plane, helicopter crash that took place. And I want to just say what, what I got from that, you know, besides the shock and just like, oh, wow, I can't believe the disbelief. It, it brought to mind, and I guess this is why my show is going to be based on what I'm talking about. Are you ready? And when I say, are you ready? What I mean by that is, is your house in order? Because you never know the day and time. None of us know the day and time. Last week, when that helicopter went down and those nine passengers perished, they didn't imagine that when they woke up Sunday morning that they would never see another day. They never imagined that. None of us imagined that. When I came here this morning, drove to the studio, and now that I'm talking to you, I don't know what my day lies ahead, but I pray that today is not my last day. But I just don't know. None of us knows when it's going to be our time. And, of course, the most famous person that we know that was among the people that perished was Kobe Bryant. That's what really hit everyone so hard. I mean, had we heard about the helicopter crash and it had no one on it that was famous, all of our hearts would have been, oh, my gosh, that is horrible. How, you know, that is so sad. But to actually know someone, and not that we know him personally, but because he is so famous, to know that this happened and he was there with his daughter. And then when you get the whole story about where they were going and why they were going there, it just really makes the story that much more horrific. It's like, oh, my gosh, you know, it's really heartbreaking. But I want to take that. I want to take all that that we we are feeling with what happened with those people in that helicopter and really just bring it back to home and just say, are you ready? And is your house in order? And now this whole week, we've been seeing different um, tributes to him with, you know, talking about his accomplishments and what he did in his life and all the, all the goals that he said and the records that he said as an athlete. And what, what I've always heard is, which the first time I really heard it was from a rabbi, like four years ago, he did it for a Rosh Hashan um, speech that he was given in for his congregation. And what he was telling them was you, you have a date that you're born and you have a date that you pass. And then you have the dash in between. And I'm sure a lot of you have probably heard that because now everyone seems to be talking about that. That dash in between is everything that you have done with your life in between the time that you're born and the time that you die. So now, when with everything that we've seen on TV this week, we know that Kobe Bryant's dash was filled, was filled to capacity. And some people even say that he would have had more to put into his dash because the, he was, you know, taken at such a young age and, you know, there were so many things that he was really getting into that he, he had already won an Oscar. He had written children's books. So he had really done things. But when I think about it and people say, yes, he was young and yes, 
there were a lot of things that he still could have accomplished. But how do we know? And this is just me asking the question. How do we know that what he was put here to do, he hadn't completed it already? See, we as humans, we want everybody to live forever. We think nobody should die. Everybody should just stay here. Everybody should just be able to do whatever they want to do. And then life should just go on. But we all know that's not possible. We are all going to die. But when we look at it and we we always say if someone dies at a young age, oh, they were taken too young, they were taken too soon. But we don't know what their destiny was that God had set up for them. Maybe he had completed everything God had for him to do. We don't know whose life he had to touch. We don't know his full purpose of why he was put here. And I say all that because I actually was listening to all the accomplishments that they were talking about with him. It made me, cause I don't, I didn't follow him in basketball. So I didn't know his background story. I just knew that he was an athlete that played for the Los Angeles Lakers. That's all I knew. I didn't know about how many records he set. I didn't know how many points he laid up. I, I didn't follow him like that. But in listening to everything over this week, it made me go deeper into the person that he was. Because when you hear of everything that he was able to accomplish, it made me wonder, well, what was this drive? What made him so determined to be the best that he could possibly be? And so doing research, going on the Internet, of course, because you can find everything on the Internet. I found an article that was written by GQ. It was an interview that he did with the GQ magazine back in 2015. And in speaking to Kobe, he was talking about his life. And he said, at one point in the interview, he had said when he had the issue. Now, all of you remember the issue that he had back in 2003, where he had the woman that that had accused him of rape. And he said it was consensual. And she so she pressed charges. But, well, she filed a, an, an accusation against him because when it went to court, she never showed up. So the judge dismissed the charges because she wasn't there to give her side of the story as to what really happened. But people want to dwell on that and say that, oh, he had controversy in his life. And they always want to bring up the controversy. And yes, all of us, nobody is going to be exempt from controversy. I don't care how famous you are. I don't care how non-famous you are. Everybody's going to have controversy in their life at one point or another because we're all human. I mean, that just comes with the territory. You're human. You live life. You're going to have some controversy. End of story. But what I really got out of this controversy was they, they would say that about, yes, he had that happen. And yes, she said that. And he was accused of this and I see some people that were writing on the Internet. Yeah, but, you know, because some people was like, oh, why do you have to bring that up? And then other people were saying, well, oh, you know, just because he's passed away, that doesn't mean that he has to be, you know, exonerated. of. And I'm like, forget all that. I didn't even want to go into that side of it. What I got out of the interview was when that all happened to him, he was losing endorsements. He was about to get divorced from his wife. It was like as if his world was about to crash. But you know what he did? He, what I found out was he was raised Catholic. 
And he was now raising his daughters under the Catholic faith as well. And what he did when he said in this interview is what he did when all that was happening to him and he felt that he was at his lowest, he went and he spoke to his priest. So now when I saw that, I really got intrigued. I was like, ooh, I knew there was something behind why this man would be so determined to be the best that he was. And this is what he said. He said that he was 24 years old and he was asking himself, What was important and what wasn't? He said, what does it mean to have people that love you or hate you for something that they think you did? And then he decided that if people were going to dislike him or like him, it was going to be on his own terms. So he got all that. When he went to speak to his priest about what happened and telling him how he was feeling with all the accusations against him, how people were turning on him, how he was losing endorsements, how his marriage was in turmoil. And the priest straight out asked him, he said it straight up. The priest asked me, he turned around and he looked at me. He said, well, did you do it? And he said, he looked at him like, no, I didn't do it. You mean like, what do you mean? Did I do it? And I guess the priest just wanted to know, before I give you any type of advice, I need to know the truth. Did you do it? And Kobe told him, no, I didn't do it. I I didn't do what she's saying. Everything that happened was consensual. I didn't rape her. The priest told him that if you didn't do it, let it go. Move on and let God handle the rest. And when Kobe got that, he said that that's the part that he had said in the interview. And I'm sure it was probably more in depth, but he said when he heard that, that was the turning point in his life. At that point, that's when he started a foundation with his wife because he started thinking about his career and how he wasn't going to be able to play basketball forever. And he wanted to be known as more than just a successful basketball player and how many championships, championships and how many points he scored. And he started thinking there has to be something else that you're supposed to be doing. And in his mind, he was like, I guess at that point, he felt after the priest told him that, that was like God giving him a second chance. So then from then on, he started looking at everybody else that they deserved the second chance as well and decided to lift people up from that moment on. And then they went on to ask him, Because you're so diligent in the practices, you know, that you do, you practice so hard and so long and, you know, you practice before the practice of every game. And, you know, do you have any friends? Do you have any recreational, you know, life like playtime? And you know what his response was? He said that he didn't have friends, but he had people around him with a like mind. He said he had people who felt that God had put them here on earth to do whatever it is that they needed to do. And when you have people, when you're driven like that and you have people around you like that, that think like that, they don't have time to build friendships. All they want to do is do their work. And he enjoyed doing his work. And when I heard that in the interview, when I read it, I was like, wow, okay. This brought me back exactly to what we were talking about last week with relationships. Here it is. 
this man had was at the top of his game because he got into the league at 18, from what I understand, straight out of high school, never went to college, was just so good in everything, you know, with basketball because of his father. His father used to play basketball as well. And his father used to bring him tapes of ex, like the greatest players like Magic and Bird and whomever all those other people. I don't know basketball, so I can't name a, a whole bunch of people that played great, I guess, like Julius Irving, perhaps, or whatever. So he used to watch these tapes and watch what they did on the court to see what made them so great. And he would do this all the time. And no matter where his father was playing, because his father played international, he was there. So Kobe actually lived in Italy for a number of years, learned how to speak Italian. He was fluent in, I think, three or four different languages. So the man was a brilliant man. He had a brilliant mind other than what people know about him playing basketball. But even with all that, what struck me is how his faith, when he was at his lowest point, he knew where to turn, where I say raise up the child so they'll know. So when they get older, they won't depart from it because when he needed that understanding or he needed some type of clarity for the confusion that was happening in his life. He knew exactly where to turn. When he got that clarity and it was explained to him, he knew exactly what he needed to do. And from that point on, he was living his life on purpose. Everything he did was for the purpose of what he was put here for. So that's why he was able to write the letter of Dear Basketball that was then turned into a little animated short film, which won him the Oscar. And then he started writing children's books. Everything he did, he was given back. Everything he did, he was given back. He was part of the Make-A-Wish Foundation. He was just, his hands was involved in so many different organizations, but giving back to people that, His life could, we can just look at his life just as an example of when you live your life on purpose, when you find what your purpose is and you stick to that and do it, you could be the best at whatever it is you need to do because that's what your purpose is. When you're walking in your purpose, you're going to excel and be the best. It's only when we start trying to walk in other people's purpose where where we start floundering and, and everything starts going awry. And from that, this is now, this is all what I'm getting from what I got in the interview. I, it made me feel like he knew who his God was. He knew exactly who his God was. He knew exactly why he was put here. And he knew exactly the avenues that he needed to take in order to fulfill what God had given him in his spirit to do for the purpose of why he was born. So that's why I put out there when people say, oh, he was taken, he was too young, he shouldn't be gone. We don't know what God had destined for his life. And we don't know if he had completed it. Sometimes we could be put here just to touch one other person. And I know that seems crazy, But you could be here just for the sole purpose of touching one other person. Because if it weren't for you, 
what we have to understand is we are all, we're all connected. It is like that ripple when you throw the pebble into the lake and you get that ripple effect that goes across the water. You don't know who on the other side is seeing it or who it's going to, um, who is it going to impact? All of us as human beings, we all do that in each other's life. Even if you don't think you do, you do. Like when I when I said in the begin the first one of the first shows that we that I had when I was talking about just a smile, you walk by a stranger and just that smile can change their day. Just that one smile or just that one interaction with the conversation where we say, just like if you're online, that one conversation that you have with an individual, you don't know if that could have made or made their day or broke their day. That's what we were talking about, the power of words. So everything, everything, when you think about it, with us all being interconnected and all being a part of one another, even if it's not directly, but indirectly, because I've, I've always heard people say it's six degrees of separation between people. Who knows what six degrees anyone separated from anybody? If you really were to, you know, do a deep dive into that. Nobody does, but you just never know. You just never know your purpose of why you're here. But I'm sure he knew his purpose of why he was here. And he made the most of his time while he was here because in the whole interview, all he kept talking about was we're here to do work and we need to do our work. And he was so adamant about working, you know, you do what you got to do. And that was that was what really drove him. That was what his that was what gave him that determination to achieve all those accolades that he did. So if we just think, OK, if we're as driven as he was for the purpose that we have for ourselves. Could you imagine what we could do? I mean, just as individuals and even collectively, could you imagine what we could do if we all just put our mind to which with our word of from last month intentional, if everything we did was with intention and not just done to be blowing in the wind. It's something to think about. So with all that, with everything that was going on, with that being the highlight, because when I left here last week, that's, you know, what I heard later on in the afternoon and all that is in the atmosphere. And that's why my spirit is restless because there's so much going on. But when I take a deep breath and I step back and I think about it with all these things that's going on, what he gave me with it was a lot of them are just distractions. Not that we shouldn't pay attention to what's happening. Yes, we have to be mindful of what's happening on a daily basis in our lives. But how does it change the course and the journey that we've already started taking? So if you look at it as, okay, why is this happening? Just like when we said about relationships, why is this person back in my life now? Why is, why is this person not in my life anymore? It's the same thing with situations that happen in current events, which happen around the world. It's to get your attention, yes, because we had what? Last week also, I think it was Sunday or Monday, 
They had an earthquake in Jamaica. So we still have the fires that's raging in Australia. You had the earthquakes in Puerto Rico. You're having all these earthquakes in places and fires in places that wouldn't normally have all these things happening. So, yes, you have the things that's happening in nature that's going to get your attention. And then you have the things that's happening in the news that's going to get your attention. But with all of it getting your attention, you can't let it take you off your course of the journey that you have to do. And if you do let it overwhelm you, it will become a distraction, which is going to lead you down another path. But if you just take it for what it is, okay, this happened. Yes, this is happening. Yes, that happened. But it still doesn't stop what I have to do in my life. It still doesn't stop the journey that I'm taking to fulfill what he put me here for. And I know that I had said um, when I was telling people that if they were going to read any books in the Bible to read John, yes, if you don't know anything about Christ, John is the book to read. But another book that's very enlightening is Ecclesiastes. If you read that book, that's the book that goes into there's a time for every season, a time and purpose for everything under heaven, a time to born, a time, to, no, a time to be born, a time to die. That book takes you from the beginning. It's almost like when he starts in his first chapters of the book, he's talking about everything is meaningless. And he goes through why everything is meaningless. And he's talking about how he had money and he spent his money and just relationships and how nothing matters. Only when he gets to the end, the only thing that was the most important thing that he wished he would have grasped on to sooner was God in his life. So that whole book of Ecclesiastes, it tells you all that when you read it, you see the ups and downs and ups and downs that Solomon went through in order for him to come to the conclusion that there is no life separate from God. So that's another good book to read. And that's that book came to my mind with all these things that's happening, that was happening in current events with the whole thing happening with the helicopter with Colby and the other eight people and just seeing just the whole with the the virus and the protesters. And when you put all that in one big nutshell, it's like, yeah, all that happened, but that still doesn't stop the fact that my connection with God and what he put me here to do and what I need to do to fulfill my purpose here on earth and why I was born in the time that I was born in. So it's just, it's a lot. And I know I probably have been rambling, 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 and I hope I didn't lose a lot of you giving all this stuff at one time. But I just want everyone to go back to what my original question was, is are you ready? And is your house in order? Now, when I say, is your house in order? Yeah, you could have your house in order as far as your will, your beneficiaries, things like that. Who's going to get what? But when you really think about that, all that stuff is material. Leaving, you know, money for someone to do whatever it is they need to do. All that stuff is material. 
that stuff, yes, you need to have that stuff in order as well. But the house that I'm talking about, do you have in order? I'm talking about you, your spirit man. Is that house in order? Have you gotten him connected back to your creator? And like I've mentioned before in my other shows, just have you surrendered your life over to the one that controls your environment, who controls everyone's environment? The way that you can do that, and like I've said before, it's just believing. And that's the number one thing that you have to do is believing. When you believe that Christ was the son of God, that he lived to understand everything that we endure in our lives right now, that he went to the cross to die for us, So he could be the last living sacrifice that ever had to be made. Shedding his blood for the atonement of our sins. And that he rose again to be in heaven, seated at the right hand of God. Once you believe that. And you can confess it out your mouth that that's what you believe. Your house is in order. It's that simple. It's that simple. It's not, oh, I have to call the lawyers. Oh, I have to put down X amount of dollars for a plot. Oh, I need to go pick out a coffin. You don't have to do all that. I mean, you can do all that if you want to. And I don't want this show to seem, you know, morbid or bring it, you know, be what they call Debbie Downer, they say, you know, to dampen things. But we're talking about we're talking about things that are going to make our life better. And this is a part of everything that would make our life better once we get our spirit man in order. And I guess this was the time that I needed to talk about this with everything that had gone on, excuse me, everything that had gone on in the world this week. So everything that took place was an opportunity for us to have this discussion. And for people to really think about it again, if it's been something you've been teetering with, if it's something that you've been thinking about doing and you weren't sure, it's another chance for you to say, you know what? This is a wake-up call for me. All these things happening are for a reason because nothing happens just by chance. And we don't know what our time limit is. We don't know if we're, we don't know if we completed what God had for us to do. We don't know. We would hope that we have more time because, like I said, being human, we're selfish. We want to live forever. We want we want to live forever, but we don't want to go through the nonsense that's here. So that's that's like back and forth. We have that inner turmoil. It's like, yeah, I want to live forever, but I want everything to be great while I'm living forever. Well, we know that's not going to happen. But if you want everything to be great after you leave, we can we can do something about that happening. We can definitely, you can definitely control how things will be once you leave here. That's one thing you do have control over. It's your choice. It's just up to you. So I I don't like when I hear about death or I don't like when I hear about people dying. 
but we know it's something that's going to happen because it is a part of life. And as long as you're living and breathing, you will die. But you can be, you can be comfortable and at peace knowing that when you die, you know where you're going and with whom you're going to be with. That's the one thing that can give you the comfort of knowing that. So it doesn't look like as if you're dying. It just looks like as if you're passing through. So it almost becomes a, I'm just passing through here because I know I'm just on my journey to do what it is, to do what it is that I need to do here so that I can go to my next place and do what I need to do there. It's as simple as that. It's just that simple. When you really think about it, when you think about it like that, it's it's just that simple. We're doing what we need to do here on our journey while we're here so that we can move on to our next journey. But you'll only know your next journey and what you have to do that you can determine. When we got here, we couldn't determine that we were coming here. We had no idea we were coming here. We didn't control when we came. We didn't control who we came to, our parents, our family. We did not control how we got here, but we can control where we go after we leave here. And that's the part I talk about. Are you ready to get your house in order? Are you really ready that if you were to tomorrow, you'd be good? Just something to think about. More stuff to put in our baggage not baggage, our suitcases, because our, our suitcases were empty, but it's something to carry along the journey with us to know that, okay, everything I'm doing here is for now. And I'm already secure in where I'm going and what I'll be doing when I get there. So, like I said, everything happens for a reason. Nothing just happens by chance. And I'm sure this week everyone's been paying tribute to him, and of course, I wanted to speak about it on my show as well. But I'm paying tribute to him from another aspect of his life, another aspect to me that, even though he hit all those amazing um, points and won all those championships, something that was more important that even after all that fades, he knew who his God was. And he was doing what God had put here for him to do. That's what really made him stand out in my mind because I had no idea about all that. But when I read that and I really listened to that interview, I was like, wow, okay, now I understand. So that was my tribute to Colby. That was my little story to tell you guys just to, in your thinking, think about that. Think about your own lives. Think about what your dash is going to hold for you. Your beginning time and your middle point, what are you doing now to fill that space until you get to your end time? What is all that doing for you? So that's all I have to say about that. I think I've said enough about that. You guys understand where I'm coming from. And so now we're in a new month. Yay, we're in February. It's Black History Month. 
Yay, it's Black History Month. I'm making history right now. Yay, I'm making history. And you know what? We all make history. Whether it's Black History Month, whether it's Asian History Month, any history month that they want to dub to give somebody a history month, I don't know why. It should be everyone's history every day. Because every day, as human beings, we are making history. We're making history just because we are in this moment in time. And anything that happens in this moment in time, once it passes, it's history. So all of us are making history. I'm making history with this radio show that because my voice is being recorded, that 20 years from now, 30 years from now, somebody will be able to listen to this and be like, oh, wow, there was this woman on the radio and she was talking about this. Who knew that besides my living in this moment in time that I'd be making history, that I'm actually putting my history on a recording. Imagine that. So we're all making history. Like I said, it's Black History Month. It's everyone's history month. To me, every day is everyone's history month. And we have a new month here for our journey, which means a new word. And I was trying to decide what word was going to, uh, what came to me in what word that we should be um, using for this month. And I think the word discipline, the word discipline came into my spirit. And I'm going to give you the exact meaning of discipline. Because discipline, sometimes when you hear the word discipline, everybody always thinks it has to do with punishment. But discipline is not always about punishment. Sometimes I'm going to give you exactly what Merriam-Webster says because I like their definition of discipline. Because the other ones were telling me about um, punishment, kids' punishment, and stuff like that. That's not what discipline is all about. Let me see. Here it is. Let me go to it. Mm, and I had it. Why is all this stuff popping up now? See, whenever you want something, it never comes up the way you want it, right? Discipline is it's a, putting things in order. I want to give you the exact words because I know what it means, but I want to give you the exact words of what Merriam-Webster said was the meaning of discipline. Discipline was when you put things in order, a way of following rules and procedures, not necessarily punishment. So that's why I want our word to be for this month, discipline, because I want us to be, I want us to put order and structure back into our lives as we had started doing with this journey. And we were starting to be intentional. So I want us to control our behavior 
control what we're doing in our journey, make everything focused, and that's discipline, to be focused, to keep everything in order and balanced. So that's what we're going to focus on for this month. And it's a short month. Well, actually, we have an extra day because this year is a leap year. So instead of 28 days, we have 29 days in February. And it's still a short month because all the other months have 30 or 31 days. So even with the extra day, February still gets cheated. It still loses out. It's not even a full month. But, oh, yeah, and today's Groundhog Day also. This is a full day. There's a lot going on today. Today's Groundhog Day as well, for those of you who believe in that, that when the groundhog comes out the out his hole, that if he sees, I believe that if he sees his shadow is six more weeks of winter, and if he doesn't see his shadow, it's early spring. Now, I know when I left the house this morning, it was cloudy, but the groundhog doesn't come up in Brooklyn anyway, so wherever he is, I don't know if it was cloudy or if it was sunny, but if he sees its shadow, we're supposed to have six more weeks of winter. But if the six more weeks of winter is anything like the six previous weeks in what, that we've had from winter, I don't even think we've had six weeks of winter yet. But if it's anything like what winter has been, I guess we're good, right? It's been exceptionally warm. We haven't had We've had snow, but we haven't had any snow that stopped everybody in their tracks. Thank God, because I'm not a snow person. For those of you who love snow, I'm sorry, but I'm glad we haven't had any. Maybe next time. But then again, if we get six more weeks of winter, who's to say that it might not become blizzard-like outside? But I guess we'll just know when they tell us on the news. I guess because they, they see that, I guess the groundhog lives in Pennsylvania or somewhere. So they'll tell us about that too. So yes, today's Groundhog Day. Today's the second day in Black History. Today's the second day, the second month of our journey. Um. Oh, I just got a text in from one of my listeners. He didn't see his shadow. So we're going to have an early spring. Hallelujah, we're going to have an early spring. Everybody's happy about that, right? He did not see his shadow. So good for us. We're going to have an early spring. That means get your wardrobe ready. That also means for those of you who need to go in the gym to get ready for summer, because, you know, this time of the year, everybody, you know, we're going to be shedding the coat soon. If it's going to be an early spring, then that means we're going to be taking off our coats a lot sooner. That means we got to go into the gym a lot sooner. I don't know if I'm too happy about him not seeing his shadow. Maybe he should have saw his shadow. That would have gave us six more weeks of <laughs> being lazy. I guess I'm just thinking in my own mind. It's six more weeks of being lazy because you'll be covered with a coat. But now since spring is coming early, that means we're going to be taking off our coats. That means we're going to have to look cute in our clothes. Yeah, that means we're going to have to hit the gym sooner. I don't know about that. There's, I don't know. Maybe it's not so good that six weeks of that spring is coming sooner. Oh, well. Well, either way. He didn't see it, so there's nothing we could do about it. We're going to have spring early. But they always say that sometimes it doesn't go by what he says anyway. It just depends on, I guess, the almanac. They used to use the almanac and, you know, to determine what 
the weather was going to be. So for those of you who like snow, you still might get snow because I know there used to be snow around Easter and Easter is in April this year. So we've had snow on Easter before. So with Easter being in April, it's April 12th. Who knows? We still might get snow on Easter. So you might still get your snow in there, even though he didn't see his, his shadow. But my time is winding down. I know this is a this was a show that was to me, it feels like it was all over the place, but I think I kept it in order. And I guess it felt like it was all over the place because, you know, everyone's still feeling kind of heavy with everything that's happening. It's just so much happening. And like I said, with all that happening in the atmosphere, you're bound to feel it in your spirit. And I feel it more with the journey that I'm taking and the road he has me walking. My spirit is more sensitive to things that's happening. But even with all that, I say, don't let it distract you. Do not let it distract you from what you have to do and for what he has purposed for you in your life. And just continue to do what it is that you need to do. And just follow, just follow the journey. Follow the journey, stick to the plan that you've put for yourself. Stay disciplined, stay focused, stay intentional, and everything will work out just fine. So with that, I want to say thank you for tuning in. Tune in again next week for another exciting and fact-filled show to hear my voice as I'm making history in this Black History Month. <laughs> and just all of you, make your history, the history that you're making, the, the, the dash that you're filling in between your start date and your end date, Make it all worthwhile. Make it something that when people look back, they can say, oh, yeah, I remember she did this. Oh, yeah, I remember he did that. And it doesn't have to be on a grand scale that we have to be on TV for people to talk about it. Just people in your immediate circle, your friends, your family, just people that you've touched, people that you've impacted. Let them be able to say, yeah, he did this or she did this. And I'm so glad that I got to know them while they were alive because they were a blessing because they were inspirational to me, because they were just such a beautiful being. Let that be in your dash. So until next week, have a blessed day, have a blessed week, and be safe. Worthy of every song we could ever sing Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you Oh, we live for you
upon In my 